0: hey all right and welcome better yet i'm tim crisp your host better yet is a conversation about music and our conversation this week is with mikey erg mikey's self-titled record dropped last week and he's back on the show to talk about it thank you for joining us Thank you to Namdi for our intro music. Marcus Nuccio for our graphics. Each week, you can see all those on our website, betteryetpod.com. invite you all to subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. You can also follow us on Bandcamp, betteryetpodcast.bandcamp.com. Hello, hello. From a slightly empty home, I'm home alone. Well, me and the girls are home alone. Jay has been at her mom's house since Saturday. Her mom had surgery. Everything's good. She's back on her feet. It's been me and the girls out here for three or four days. It's a little weird. I feel like I had big plans. You know, all this time alone in the house. And there have been records and books... But being alone in a house is kind of strange compared to being in an apartment. But I read Closer You Are, the book about Robert Pollard and Guided by Voices. And I think reading that kind of set me up for the feeling like I was going to utilize an empty house in a certain way. But in fact, I did not record several LP's worth of material onto the 4-track. I listen to a lot of XTC, though. I know Mikey will be proud of me for that. JB's home tomorrow. Thank God. The love of my life. Also, someone will laugh at my jokes. We have a Patreon! Patreon.com slash Podcast, where we've got some very fun audio visual programming available to you i had the privilege of talking to dave garwacky for our patreon dave who started the website if you make it and the pink couch sessions which are two incredibly huge points of influence to what i do look no further than the cover art for this podcast very nice conversation with dave about if you make it and the Pink Couch Sessions. And nice talking to a fellow Branchburg, New Jersey native. Not too many people from our town. Dave, also of Laura Stevenson's band. He was one of the cans. And we've got a bunch of audio from the Life's Work podcast about Laura Stevenson's Sit, Resist. All my interviews with Laura, as well as my conversation with Chris Gethard up there. Plus... We get a weekly contribution from our guests. We got covers. Drunken Angel by Lucinda Williams. As performed by Slaughter Beach Dog. Monica doing corns falling away from me. Demos from Anika Pyle. B-sides. Watch-alongs. We keep the content fresh and we keep it coming. And continue to keep it coming this week, a couple of phone demos from Mr. Erg. Some of the songs from the new record in their earliest form. You can only hear those on our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Podcast. And we've got two tiers of pledging over there. You can pledge $3 a month. That'll give you access to all the bonus audio and visual content we're posting weekly. And if you pledge $10 a month, look at all that plus every three months we're sending out some merchandise we've got custom printed pocket notebooks we've also got a zine coming got a couple of collages that i'm working on some pros too excited about that and here's the thing about our patreon we split the revenue from this podcast evenly between the show the guests and organizations chosen by our guests we're paying Mikey for his time for this interview. We're also sending money this week to Austin Mutual Aid. Happy to be sending some money to Texas this week. If you'd like to support Austin Mutual Aid, Mikey Erg, and the show, go to patreon.com slash podcast All right. I got a Hadley in my lap. You doing good down there? All right. My guest this week is Mikey Erg. Mikey was on the show all the way back. In September of 2016, following the release of his first solo record, Tentative Decisions. I always want to say tentative. Tentative Decisions. Since then, Mikey's released the second LP called Wax Built Castles, and a very good 7-inch EP called Bon Voyage, and now another solo LP. This one is self-titled, a record that is described with tongue-in-cheek, as a return to form. And although Mikey never really drifted too far from the sound of the Ergs, there really is a briskness to this one. Ten tracks that combine the spirit of the Ergs with Mikey's growing senses as a songwriter. The new LP came out on Rag Girlfriend Records just last week. Much to talk about. Always great talking to my guy Mikey. They had a little snafu on the recording. Luckily, We were recording the Zoom call as well. So I did a little tribute to Jeff Emmerich splicing those clips together. And who better to have on the show than the biggest Beatles slash Elvis Costello fan. I know that's not my dad. Anyway, thank you for joining us. Rate, subscribe, Patreon, all that. Here's me and Mikey Erg.
1: something i enjoy
0: doing a lot totally i'm in uh i'm I'm gonna enjoy just like looking at your box sets here in the background yeah
1: that's oh you've you've got it bad my music corner (laughs) (laughs) which is like the uh you know i take music on the road with me and we all have spotify or whatever Mm -hmm. you know streaming stuff and so there's never a lack of music but this has been it's been really awesome to be around the vinyl and yeah. you know reacquaint myself with the listening experience of putting a piece of vinyl on and reading through the liner notes while you're doing so and things like that.
0: Yeah, and I think that's that been great. You and I are are we're in that age range now where fucking It's box sets. Yeah. We're just straight up dads now.
1: Oh, I mean, (laughs) it's depressing but awesome to buy the, you know, the 30th anniversary box set of the album you bought the day it came out the first time. Right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or like the, you know, like Wildflowers or Please to Meet Me, where we're essentially just like, taking in the stories once again, but for some reason it's, it's even better.
1: Yeah. Well, and these, these replacements box sets are, they're a godsend. It's, you know, how many years did we go only having the records, Mm -hmm. like not even having the story, not having, uh, you know, thank God for Bob Mayer and trouble boys, like to finally have the story. Yeah. And then, you know, he spearheaded this whole campaign of, we get everything now. It's cool. There's I, five, uh, you know, please to Meet Me is four discs now. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, like, the, the Wallace version of Don't Tell a Soul y- yeah, was like, which, oh
0: my god, this is as good as yeah, everything for,
1: else. For years, I, I couldn't really listen to that record. It just didn't yeah. sound right to me. It didn't yeah. sound like the replacements, and now it sounds like the replacements. Totally. They put all the they put all the flubs back in because you read the book and you're like, mm-hmm. wow, they were they were more reckless during that session than they were during Let It Be. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> completely. Where, is, where where is the where is that? I don't where, know. where are those recordings?
0: Yeah, it's like this is the same. There, so you're saying that they were burning, <laughs> literally burning piles of money. <laughs> This, at the same time that they're blind
1: yeah so you're saying uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah they're their blind is playing on the on the on the on the monitors, and Paul Westberg's walking across a uh multi you know hundred thousand dollar mixing console that was brand new, yeah, spilling tequila all over it. <laughs>
0: Well, well, what's the I, I'm blanking on his name now, but the the guy who made those boards just died. Yeah, Ru- and, yeah Rupert Neve. And, and I was it's it said that it was that that uh, <clears throat> particular console that they like you know did never mind and rumors on yeah and yeah. Dave Grohl did the, the that. That was in the and
1: I was like, no,
0: I hope it yeah. wasn't that one.
1: <laughs> also, I do because that would be incredible. Right. That's a story right there.
0: Yeah, but I mean, speaking of which, when I, I was watching the Rumble Strip video when it came out, and <laughs> I was like, oh, "All right, my dude, you're you're great." But then I'm like, sitting there watching, I'm like, "How's he going to get out of this one?" Because I've I've seen the picture of that of that setup before. I know that that's his. I hope he doesn't. It's yeah. a good looking turntable, <laughs> but. <laughs> Yeah. You made it out.
1: Yeah, I just wanted, you know, I wanted to break the record, not the, uh, because it's not the turntable's fault the record, the test <laughs> pressing had to get rejected, you know? Yeah. <laughs> this whole record was one I- dumb idea that came to me in, like, a week, Uh huh. and I just had all these different ideas for, okay, this is what, the video is just gonna, it's gonna be three videos that are exactly the same, uh-huh. and they're just gonna be, like, the replacements, you know, one sh- static shot, and here's what the songs are going to be, and here's what the cover, mm. the two covers on the record are going to be. You know, it's like it all came to me at once, and I actually fully realized it all, which is pretty funny.
0: Yeah, and then what? <laughs> and then you were like, "Oh, you know what I should definitely do too is I should take a, I should take a picture in this staircase, <laughs> and just do a straight up self-titled, yeah, print.
1: Yeah, that I mean that just that just happened. I happened to be there one day. Yeah. didn't even know that that's where... I was in Camden um, in England and uh, in London and, you know, meeting a friend for lunch and there was a Doc Ho- I mean, a, a Doc Hopper, a, a <laughs> Doc Martin store r- right there. And so we walked in and they kind of had like a little... A bunch of memorabilia punk rock memorabilia in that mm-hmm. clash kind of corner and uh you know in the in the exhibit it kind of said you know if you walk out that door and look to your right that's where the famous album cover was shot um you know that was their practice space yeah and i walked out and sure enough it was it was there and i just snapped a picture really quickly and uh yeah and then, and then, and then uh, my friend Jay Insult, who uh, rodeed for the Ergs for years and mm-hmm. good buddy, uh, he as a joke mocked it up exactly like the album cover, yeah, of the first Clash record, and I laughed my ass off and said, "I'm going to use that someday." <laughs> I wanted to use it for a T-shirt for the longest time, yeah, and I just never got around to it, and and here we are. Uh, once I made this record, that was that was the image that I had in my head. Yeah,
0: it's like, for, why not? Yeah. For everything that's on there. Let me ask you uh, a question, uh, sort of off topic. Do you prefer the UK version of that record or the US version?
1: I prefer, I you know, and I, I think it's only because it's what I heard first, but I... I feel like that album opens with Clash city rock. Like how do you Same. not yeah. open mm-hmm. Um but you know the songs that they took off of the of the UK version to you know to add stuff onto the US version are great too. You know, it's all yeah. it's it's all great. Um Yeah. I prefer yeah, I guess I have to say I prefer the US cuz it's it's just what I'm used to, but totally, and like, and it's justsmith just l a perfect, palette. Yeah, like right,
0: it's gotta be there,
1: yeah, I mean, when you add when you add the singles to the album, it's you're yeah. gonna make it a little bit of a better out, right? <laughs> <For sure. laughs> so
0: last time we talked, you just released tentative decisions, and yeah, right, the hope that you had the hope <laughs> that we all had was that the floodgates maybe were now open. And I'd say that it appears that they have been fully open.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's been, it definitely was like a hurdle that I needed to get over to, you know, still be a songwriter.
0: Yeah. And then, I mean, you've been really like, you've had an extraordinarily active, like, past couple of years too yeah wax built castles in july of 2019 bon voyage in may of 2020 and now we got this mikey erg self-titled
1: yes Yes. yeah it's been it's been a decent uh run of things um i've been i've been pretty creative which is nice you know like yeah i spent so long just being the like you know, the musician in the background, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, playing second guitar and drums and all of these bands. Yeah. So it, it was cool to to finally start being creative again.
0: So I, I'd like to talk about wax built castles. You made that with Alex Clute, is that how you pronounce the mm-hmm. name? From the yep. the Gethard band?
1: Yep, he played guitar in the um, in the LLC mm-hmm. on the Gethard Show band, and he was in a band called Hiccup for a while with Hallie. With Hallie, yep, and um, and uh, yeah, he'd been playing with me ever since. Uh, even before Tentative Decisions was recorded, mm-hmm. I did a couple shows with Lou Handman on drums and Alex on bass, and. Um, and we i we'd already kind of planned on making the record with Lou and Jeff on bass so like we didn't futz with that too much but Alex was essentially the bass player in mm-hmm. the the quote unquote Mike Erg band since it started yeah <laughs> uh so we've been working together for a while and my original plan for Waxbill Castles was to do i was kind of jokingly calling it my like vanity record like i wanted to make a record that I've always wanted to make that didn't necessarily sound like a punk rock record. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it would be rooted more in in the singer songwritery, like I guess maybe indie rock, but certainly Such a loose term. Yeah, yeah, like certainly more influenced by you know f- fucking Paul McCartney and Neil Young and. Yeah, You know, the 70s stuff that I've been listening to. And I wanted it to kind of sound not slick. And, you know, if I made a mistake in the drum track, like mm-hmm. cover, don't you, you leave it in there or, yeah. you know, just kind of loose. And, you know, my, 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 my vision was McCartney one. Got him right yeah, up there. It might be a little bit go. hard to make out. That record yeah, is like, so fucking good. It's perfect. It it's it's perfect and it's weird and you know there's there's beautiful songs on it and then there's like these weird instrumentals and it you yeah. know and I knew I wasn't doing any weird instrumentals but like just the vibe of the like homemade. I'm just in my living room, kind of fucking around mm-hmm. and and putting some stuff on tape. Yeah. That was going to be the vibe of the record. And then eventually I just started thinking about it more. And uh, and I'd been kind of hanging out with Alex just a bit. And so I just took it, or, you know, we went out for drinks and I was like, I, I want to make this record with you, I think. Like, I still want to make it kind of like homemade. We made it in, a, he had a practice space in Greenpoint and we made it there. Wow. And just, we kind of just get together and just, just, um, hang out and record yeah for uh, for like a couple of months so it still has that vibe but he just he took it and ran like all of that like beautiful instrumentation on that record is all him oh, it's so good and it's it just and it's like exactly what i wanted the record to sound like he he just knew immediately i we didn't we barely even spoke about it but mm-hmm. he he just you know added all this beautiful like piano and just like this incredible lead guitar stuff. And I mean, it's just, it just came out exactly how I wanted it in my head to sound without really even having to explain, you know, I got, we got, I got real lucky that way.
0: Yeah. You hear like those, like those jangly guitars (laughs) on Bad decision Monday or clueless or cruel. And it's like, that's so fucking in the pocket of, you know, and those songs too, like, I love those tracks and how you you leaned into like the Elvis Costello yeah. and <clears throat> little like flaming groovies type stuff definitely.
1: Yeah, it's funny like especially um uh like the song and Nico like it just it, someone mm-hmm. joked or someone joked that they're like oh that's your uh that's your elvis costello style parody right <laughs> like <laughs> and it's like it is i didn't consciously think about that but yeah really? there's a lot of there's oh i feel like there's always just going to be a lot of elvis costello in my <laughs> coming out of my yeah, brain yeah,
0: yeah yeah i mean fuck if you're able to absorb like the way he writes a vocal melody we're just like, man, his, some of his songs have like, like I was listening to Trust this morning, so Trust is in my head, but like That's, the chorus yeah. on like Pretty Words, how it just fucking comes out of yeah, nowhere and like nowhere. descends yeah. into this weird
1: I, that, space. I, there are days, that might be my favorite Elvis Costello song. It's so good. Just like, dun, 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 like it kind of slowly mm-hmm. fades up and then it's just a beautiful melody. Yeah. Um the lyrics are great. I, I, I love that fucking song. That's that's probably my favorite Elvis album. Hell yeah. Um Man, you, yeah. Have, you
0: and me, Mikey. We've always <laughs> been on. That, that
1: and Brutal Youth are probably my two favorite Elvis Brutal Costello. Youth, for real. Yeah. Interesting. I never and really that like, into it. That was um uh my friend Connor and I talk about Connor Ratliff from the Gethard show is a huge Elvis Costello fan. Yeah. And we we kind of both figured out that we love that record. It's not like it doesn't get brought up a lot as people's favorite records, but that was our first new Elvis Costello record. Like we got into Elvis Costello and then he put that record out. And that Mm -hmm. might be why it has such a, um, such like an, I have such an attachment to it, but it is, it is kind of it when, when they reissued those, the Rhino versions of those records, they came out in packs of 3 or in yeah. like waves waves of 3 yeah 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 and that was it was this year's model brutal youth and what was the third one in that way but like it was paired with this year's model mm-hmm. i remember and it's it, oh, interesting it made, yeah. oh and, and and blood and chocolate and okay. i was like oh the three like fucking rock records like uh-huh. the three bold <laughs> like noisy rock records and that's absolutely yeah. they they all three of those belong, belong together in my opinion interesting interesting because no it's
0: funny you say that because i remember when all this useless beauty came out and i have a lot of affection for that record just hearing yeah. it like when it came out um but i when you talk about like mccartney um the first mccartney solo record with Waxbill castles it i guess what what pings in my head is that you've got these really nice layers on here but nothing feels like fussed over it's like right let's try this okay cool we'll put it at like this level moving on
1: that was the vibe i mean i will say that alex like absolutely yeah i mean to to the like I you know he just took it upon himself he worked really hard like he he would um he'd stay up all night and just kind of f- fuck with mm-hmm. plugins and shit like that because I think I mean he enjoys doing that sort of thing and and really wanted it to sound incredible um but we're like so he he definitely put a lot of hours into that record yeah and and I'm very grateful f- that he did that uh, but like when we were tracking and stuff, like we, you know, I, I certainly was, was, was trying to get like the vocal takes as best as they could, mm-hmm. as best they could be and stuff like that. And we definitely, we d- we did a couple songs just tempo wise cause they didn't feel right. But for the most part, like if there was like a, if, if I didn't hit a kick drum in the, in the chorus when I was supposed to or something, you know, we just kind of left it. Yeah. And there are, there, there are a few little kind of weird mistakes that were left that i absolutely insisted they get left in like just little yeah little easter eggs if you listen to the record um like there's there's a there was a bit where uh alex didn't even notice it and it was my favorite part of the record it's in that song city lightings where just mm-hmm. i sing a line i i sing the first line and you hear like a boom like, that, it's like, I think it, yeah. something fell on, onto a music stand or something, and he just left it, he accidentally left it in, and we were at Abbey Road mastering it, uh-huh. and we hear it, you know, you hear it clear as day out of those big-ass Abbey Road speakers, and uh, he was like, what the fuck is that? I was like, that's my favorite part of the record. He <laughs> was like, I didn't, I didn't mean to leave that in, oh no, he was like mortified, and I was like, it's, it's the best part of the record, <laughs> But that's uh, yeah, so awesome. that but that was my, that was the whole point in my mind was like mm-hmm. that's how I, I want the I want that shit in there. I don't want this to be quantized and you know yeah done to the grid and everything is completely note perfect. Like that was that was the point of the record was to not be that that uh, that noise would definitely make he, he's going to be very upset sense. that I. That I pointed that out now.
0: (laughs) It would make a lot more sense on, like, the last half of that song.
1: Like, that's the perfect space for (laughs) something. Well, that was the thing, too, that he, you know, I got the the mix, like, the the mix back, and he's like, I just left a ton of that shit at the end, and we can just cut it Mm -hmm. whenever we need to. And I was like, nope, eight minutes and 35 seconds. That's, uh... Fuck yeah. (laughs) It's all (laughs) staying...
0: What was in your head when you were um, like envisioning how that song was gonna do what it did towards the end?
1: It would definitely I, you know, uh, I want you. She's so heavy is the thing that was in my yeah. head, you know. The, mm-hmm. uh, just making it, just having it be completely just mind-numbing noise at the end. Um, so yeah, yeah, we just put a bunch of plugins on it and just went nuts uh yeah so i mean and and that's exactly and i wanted it i feel like every one of my records has to has has to have the uh wacky noise song towards the end and i thought this one would be great to put it second to last so like you have to sit through it to get to that last song that's good i mean i'm crazy (laughs)
0: i feel like that is uh that's a mark of like your full progress from you know the the incident involving upstairs downstairs (laughs) you're able to return to doing that type of thing and not not let it uh deter you from (laughs) yeah
1: because in my opinion it's just like you can skip the song. That's the that's the best part about how we're, where we're at now in terms of, you know, yeah. if you're on Spotify, you just don't listen to that song, and that's fine. I meant for it the entire record to be listened to as a, you know, whole, and the point of that song, or the, you know, the, the fun thing uh, I... Here when I listen to the album is that you're you're literally at the brink of just like Jesus fucking Christ I gotta shut this fucking ding 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 (laughs) like it like right when you're just you've gone too crazy and you just you're gonna you're about to break your stereo then this beautiful piano song starts you know that's that was my that's my whole thing I love that um (laughs) but yeah you know. I like I like equal parts melody and equal parts noise, in my this in is my like music,
0: the dorkiest thing. But last time I was uh, at my parents' house, my <clears throat> dad and I listened to uh, <laughs> Eddie Road in five point one.
1: Oh, <laughs> I love it! <laughs> it's for Oh ba- I mean, man, it was so great. I. I of uh, I avoided f- 5.1 for years. Like you know, records have been coming out in 5.1 since the mid 2000s. I feel mm-hmm. like or early, early 2000s. Um, and I I just never never thought I cared enough. You know, I had a couple. My dad when I was still living uh, <clears throat> at the studio that my dad owned in Jersey uh, in like 2000. To two thousand eight, uh-huh. um, you know, we he was doing five point one mixes for for the stuff that he'd been working on. So we had a we had a system. So I kind of was getting into it a little bit. Then I had a couple things. Uh, Downward Spiral came out in five point one at one point mm. around then, and I listened to it. It was cool. I thought it was cool, but I you know I wasn't really adapting to it. Um, but then they put it well they put out Sgt. Pepper and I still kind of didn't you know that was like uh, uh 2017 I think mm-hmm. still didn't really think I needed it and then they put the white album out and I was like okay I'm going to need to hear the white album in yeah. 5.1 so yeah. because of the Beatles I, I I got a system and now it's an absolute obsession of mine <laughs> I'm buying all of these mixes and then there there are these specialty labels that are get putting out the old quad Mm. mixes of things Mm -hmm. on SACD and on Blu-ray and my god some of this some of the stuff in in quad is it's awesome because it's just four speakers but like they'll put the drums in the back yeah like uh, like they did all the Chicago records <clears> or <throat> the first ten Chicago records, and uh, there's a box set of them. <laughs> and it's it's the drums and the horns in the back, the vocals up front. It's it, and you just sit in the middle, and you're and you it, you're mm-hmm. you're essentially sitting in the middle of the studio listening to Chicago play. It's 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 pretty fucking mind blowing. Yeah, like I love I'm I'm loving surround sound mixes now, and Stephen Wilson has been remixing like all the XTC records and all of the Yes records. And it's just, it's just, it's phenomenal. It's great. It's, it's, it's a cool, it's a cool listening experience. It's very, it's very fun. Um, So I've, I've, I've I've, I've fully adapted (laughs) and yeah. And you know, it was the Beatles. It was the white album. Listening to revolution nine in 5.1 is a mind blowing experience. Uh (laughs) And, and they really did a great job with Abbey road too. Mm -hmm. and They've been doing, yeah, they've been doing a bunch of good, bunch of good stuff. So, yeah, but Abbey Road is great. So uh, I'm, I'm noticing on these. I've been doing some podcasts, uh-huh. and I just kind of ramble. I kind of go. You're good. I'm dude. so excited to be talking to people. So, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I I feel that for sure. I I, <laughs> I always shoot for an hour, which feels like it's gonna be long, but then ends up going longer and i feel like fuck it's just like nice (laughs) to hang so yeah right uh,
1: absolutely (laughs) um
0: that's it i i was surprised to hear that you went to abbey road for the mastering just because i feel like mastering is usually like a process that the musician isn't involved in
1: yeah well that's i mean that's my favorite part yeah is is the fi- is the finalizing of it all. Mm-hmm. Um I've always been drawn to mastering. I feel like if uh I might I might just try to even start getting more into it. I used to do a, do it a bit uh while working in my dad's studio. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it's my favorite part, just putting it all together. I've 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 been except for tentative decisions I guess upstairs, downstairs too was done elsewhere, but, but I, I always try to be at the mastering sessions because just in terms of like um you know, sequencing sequencing the record and, you know, the spacing between the songs and stuff, I like to ha- I like to be Yeah. Be there when that's done. Um but it was also a fucking no brainer. It's like, okay, I'm getting this Mastery Abbey Road I, (laughs) it's it's that's my in that's my in in, into the building like I can finally go visit this place that I've been dreaming of visiting for my entire life yeah so it was a no brainer um and it was it was an incredible experience it was amazing yeah
0: where where do they where do they put you I guess the the pictures that I've seen of of Abbey Road it's it's so open
1: yeah it's 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 just this gigantic house. That they've, you know, converted into uh, into a bunch of studios. The mastering uh, studio was, I think, it was on the it was either on the second or the third floor. It was mm-hmm. it was up in the building. Um, the bottom floor, or there, I uh, guess, what I, I don't even know. I, I don't know if they have basements, but it, it was the sub the sub ground level was is the big studio 1 mm-hmm. where they have like the you know the, where they do all the orchestral stuff and um and and the canteen is down there too the uh the lunch room yeah um <clears throat> yeah and so and and I th- I feel like I think we were on I think the mastering suites were this are the same level as studio 2 which is where the Beatles studio was yeah um but yeah it's all it's all just in the you know your you're in the same building with when i was there jimmy page was working in studio two what's up which is why i i wasn't allowed to go into studio two to look at yeah because jimmy page was working there um and yeah it's 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 just it's this wonderland of <laughs> were you bummed out that you couldn't awesome. go
0: in and just like you
1: know go over and i was like i was, there. The that was that was <clears throat> that was one of my like uh, major w- when I booked the time I was like oh and I'm gonna ask to see studio 2 I'm sure I'll be able to do it it'll be great mm-hmm. uh and I would have if if there was no one working in there but
0: dude you know what? I never liked Led Zeppelin so now I like
1: them even less <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I love Led Zeppelin but um I'll get there again <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm, for I'm, sure I'm doing all I'm doing all my mastering work there so <laughs> <laughs> I can't uh can't let that pass me by did you again.
0: uh did you master your uh
1: cover of metal machine music at abbey road <laughs> no that I, I i didn't feel like uh i i didn't feel it was worth spending that much money on <laughs> that record i was that
0: was I,
1: that was a fun yeah. that was a fun thing to do i was um i
0: i guess i don't know what i was expecting but when i heard it <laughs> i was like oh like he's He's actually like following it.
1: Yeah. It's something I've wanted to do for I've I've wanted to do for a long time. And uh I just found my <laughs> found myself at a studio at the uh at volume four where we were recording. I might have actually I think it was actually during the sessions for the mic, for this this album, mm-hmm. the Mikey Eric album. Um and everybody kind of went to, you know, everybody left, and I was kind of just at the studio alone. I was like, I'm going to fucking do it. And it's recorded four, four separate feedback tracks yeah. for an hour each. And then just did it. And, and then, because it was it was a Thursday night, and Bandcamp Friday was the next day. I was like, I'll just put it up for Bandcamp Friday tomorrow <laughs> and see if, anybody, see if anybody writes about it. My, my goal was to see if Brooklyn Vegan would post about it. And they Hell did, yes! So. <laughs> Um, so it worked, but, and, but, and then, so, uh, you know, it took me all night, essentially. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of just sat up in the morning and listened to it. <laughs> I was like, this is pretty, it sounds pretty cool. Like, yeah, it does. It's four different crazy feedback tracks together. It's, you know, and then just hearing the certain points where they kind of, harmonize with each other mm-hmm. and like it's just it's weird how it you know because i've obviously i didn't i wasn't listening to the previous track when i was doing the right the, you know the, the second track or whatever so so is it just um, like
0: in my head that it does like line up with the actual metal machine music
1: like slightly? i mean, i cer- i certainly didn't i i i did the you know i did the timing for, you know, however long each 15 minute block, well, it's like 15, yeah, around 15 minutes each side. Uh, so I did the timings, but that that's the only thing oh, okay. I really followed. At <laughs> least, like, the beginning. I do love that record, yeah. though. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Do you, you ju-
0: it, legitimately are a fan? I
1: legitimately listen. I, I legitimately listen to that record. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> But not enough to have have the entire thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if you're a special person if if you <laughs> have that entire record memorized. <laughs> but um, and I, I wish I was that person, but I'm not that person. You got a uh, line somewhere. <laughs> 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 I mean, if I had the capacity to to be able to figure out how exactly he did all that stuff, I would. But as as much as I tried to have it be a direct cover, it's certainly not a direct cover, which I think is probably why I didn't get in trouble for it. Cause how do you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I reread the um Lester Bangs. He did like two or three pieces about yes. it. But the first one where he like interviews Lou about it. Have you ever mm-hmm. have you ever yeah. read that? It's so fucking funny, man. Lou's just like giving him the run around yeah. it's, it's like so hard to figure out where anybody's at with it because like Lester talks about liking it but is also like so contentious with Lou who is <laughs> twice as contentious with right. him now that's but like <laughs> when he compares it to like you know oh well there's a part of like you know Beethoven's
1: third and some <laughs> 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 And yeah, you know, it's like you know that Lou was just trying to get out of a record contract or something, I think, or or he wanted to piss off the record label in some capacity. Yeah, but I also I know that he that he probably meant it to like, be this grand statement too. I mean,
0: I think he I think he was just like throwing a middle finger to John yeah. Cale. And that's my theory. that is a good theory. Yeah, and he's like like oh yeah you.
1: Look, I like Lamont Young too. <laughs> yeah, you, you you can make noise. I can make noise. <laughs> um, dude, that
0: seven inch that you did for Stardom, Bon Voyage, and like the the liner notes that mm. you have for that too, as just being like, I wanted to make this as like a tribute to pop punk and mutant pop yeah. seven inches, but also just like the seven yeah. inch, like it's one of the coolest things that yeah, you've cause done.
1: mean, it, it was. Thank you. It was a, it's, it's, a, you know, I'm, you're kind of noticing now that things are so rapidly changing and, and, and like, especially the music, how we consume music and how we get into mm-hmm. music. It's, it's definitely a lot. I mean, that's what I, what you used to do. You used to go to, the record store and seven inches were two dollars and if you heard you know you couldn't just go on youtube and check out what this band boris the sprinkler sound like sounded like yeah you know Mm -hmm. so instead of paying the enormously expensive eight dollars for their cd you'd pay the cheap two dollars for their seven inch and see if you liked the way this band sounded and and certainly and just getting into punk in the first place was just this whole world of things that um, that I'd never heard, and so you take a gamble of like three dollars postage paid from this mm-hmm. record label in New Hampshire, you could get a seven inch. You know, it's just it was yeah. a, a cool art form, and you know it had been done since the. I mean, that's what they would do. There were Beatles EPs that they would put out with the albums in case the kids didn't have enough mm-hmm. money for the album you could buy the you could buy the four song 7 inch and <clears throat> for whatever 40 pence or something and <clears throat> yeah. and uh you know check out what the beatles had going on this this month you know <laughs> it's it's a it's a cool yeah. way to to get into stuff and you know i know that we don't listen to stuff now and i don't i the ep probably isn't even people probably don't even yeah you know, it it certainly didn't it's so it certainly yeah, doesn't it get as like much become, uh, play as an album thing. does you know like in terms right, in terms right. of people talking about it or whatever but um but it, yeah it's just it, it was an it was an opportunity you know the, the whole thing came about because i was doing a european tour that didn't happen because of the because of mm. the pandemic but um i was doing a european tour and i wanted something new to have over there while I was over there and start and I've been wanting to work with mm-hmm. stardom for f- years and they, he, uh, Stephanie mailed me and said, do you want to do something for this European tour? And it, it just seemed like a perfect opportunity to, to do this seven inch idea that I I'd kind of wanted to do for a while. Uh, so yeah, it was perfect. Yeah.
0: There's something beautiful too about just like the, you know, a good seven inch, just as like a sequence of like a single mm-hmm. two solid tracks and f- for years a cover and the cover. It's yeah, like, fuck, that's a, that's a beautiful, just like, you know, 10 so- or a 10 minute story.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, lo- I, I love I love those from back in the day. And that was, that was the thing I wanted to like, you, know, you have the, the opening banger the, the kind of mm-hmm. slow kind of two and a half minute mid tempo song fast song and then a cover you know and then and i'd had the idea f- to do yeah. mother nature's son for i mean years i want I, I was listening to it one day yeah i believe that i, I was <laughs> like this is this could be a ramones song it's only a couple chords it's yeah i could i could hear this as like a you know i always heard it as like Teenage Bottle Rocket doing the Beatles or something and always wanted to do that and that this was the perfect opportunity to do it.
0: Had like a folder of just like the Mutant Pop, all those 45s for like 10 years and it's just the greatest thing to have on a hard drive. Yeah. Just like go in, throw a couple on. Yeah, the
1: same, yeah. Like my my seven inches are, they're all still back at my mom's house in storage but yeah like so i haven't i hadn't listened to them in a while but i around the time i was doing that i was reminded of mutant pop and i i have yeah i had like i got like a, a folder of them on my hard drive and they're just short bursts of mo- pretty much all of the seven inches are great in my opinion yeah yes um yeah and they're just they're all by 10 that, minutes like, long i don't know yeah Round nine, like yeah, the round automatics. nine. Automatics, slacker. Uh, they you uh-huh. know, those automatics <laughs> records are so good. Um, mm-hmm. and then you know, like this, the sicko one is incredible. The Cletus one's incredible. It's like there's there's so many good ones. Yeah. Um. There, that was a special label. He, he really, he really had an ear for for good pop punk. Yeah, totally. For the most part. Um.
0: I, 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 lo- I, I love and miss that form, too. It feels like, you know, at times I, it feels like, you know, kind of quaint or like you're maybe overly nostalgic for things the as they used to be compared right. to the way that they are now. But there is something like super fucking special about that type of
1: release. Yeah. Yeah, and I am. I'm afraid of being. I don't want to be that way. I, you know, I I I like. Uh, mm-hmm. I like having access to a million different records, and uh, you know, but I, I, I do love the album as a as a as an art form, and this and the EP as an art form. Just you know, as a way to curate things, That's and right. and you know, it would be a bummer if that went away. Uh, I'm glad that vinyl is 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 a is still still going and even in a resurgence because that does keep the album, quote unquote, in people's minds as a as a as a thing. Um, yeah. So I'm i have seeing
0: flexies, yeah, and that's nice. I like to see someone hit like a, a medium between like flexi and a cheap and a cheap seven inch.
1: Yeah, I do like correct. yeah. It's flexies are fun. And fun little like little giveaway things and I like a flexi, I like a flexi every now and then.
0: So on Bon Voyage, you played everything. Um did that um did writing that have any influence on the record now? Your return to form,
1: right? Mikey Erg. Um No it, it it really was just I I needed to go down. I went down and I did it with my friend Scotty in North Carolina. Um, Scotty Sandwich, uh, mm-hmm. he's got a he's got a home studio, and we've been meaning to work together for a while. And I just needed to get it done kind of quickly because this tour was coming up, and um, yeah, I just you know I, I, I knew I knew pretty much what I knew. I wanted it to sound, you know. Ramonesy and four four chord kind of pop punky, mm-hmm. and I know I can do that, and uh, it yeah. would be quick and easy if I just did it. So that was that was really the only. It was just easier for me to just go down and do it that way, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and but also writing, knowing the style of it, you know that there weren't going to be any blows on it. There Knowing the style of it, you know that there weren't going to be any rules on it. There wasn't going to be anything that I couldn't do. Like that, that did kind of influence the, yeah, you know, or that was the idea. It was ju- ju- it was just going to be s- simple mm-hmm. and and is the new one quick and easy.
0: The new one with is with a band though. I feel like I hear somebody yeah. counting one two.
1: Yeah, the new one is um, so right before. Right before the pandemic happened, I did a tour. Actually, a year ago, today
0: wow.
1: was was the start of this tour that I did. That was a um, it was four bands, six people. I played in every band. Oh. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, Loose Behavior, uh-huh. the Slow Death, which Loose Behavior and the Slow Death were the exact same lineup, just playing different songs. <laughs> And Doc Hopper and Mikey Irig which were uh-huh. the same three people, just playing different songs. Uh, I played drums in Doc Hopper, and Chris Pierce sang in Doc Hopper, and uh-huh. vice versa in the Mikey Irig band. So this happened. We did. I played fifty three sets in eleven days, or something like that. Because some of this, not only was I playing four sets, but a couple of the days we had two shows. So, so, in a way, I'm glad that I got. I pretty much got my year's worth of sets in on one tour, which is good because <laughs> every other tour got canceled. Mm-hmm. But uh, so anyway, that that was a very fun tour, and the the three people, me, Chris Pierce, and Fid, who I played with them uh, in the Measure, and we play okay. in a band called Hat Rabbits together. Uh, we. We just had fun, and and there was a certain point, like later later in the year, where we just decided, like, hey, we've all been doing nothing, we've all been like stuck in our houses. Let's get let's put our masks on and get together and just jam.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, and it, you know, in my mind, I was like, oh, it would be cool to get that because that that tour was really fun, and we sounded, you know, by the end of it, we sounded really good. Uh, let's get that lineup on tape yeah i thought that would be a cool thing to do so that was kind of the the impetus behind making this record was just getting just having a document of that three yeah. those three people i always love um, that
0: like just snapshot of that yeah
1: because that's you know that's the other you know, thing that i love about albums is that they're, they're you know it's snapshot in time especially like you know the idea behind one of the ideas behind this record was like i love those early i don't know like uh you know the when i grew you know the first couple green day records they recorded on july 5th 1990 you know it's like recorded in one day or whatever like i love that like and that's this thing that has lived for for many years so i thought Mm -hmm. that was a cool you know just just, let's get together for an evening and record a whole album yeah (laughs) and that'll be the snapshot of this little time you know
0: that's one of the things i love about like my aim is true is that it's before the attractions and he's playing with a band that's so good but they're also like not exactly what he needs yeah there's something really wonderful in that
1: yep yeah, and you know that knowing that that, I think I think he's said in interviews that that it's twenty four hours worth of studio time. Like that re- yeah. record was recorded in essentially a day over the course of like a few months because yeah. days off. He had to, he had he had to take days off from his job and stuff to do it. But, but yeah, it was essentially recorded in. Um, Little bursts, but of twenty four hours. I don't know why my recording stopped.
0: I'll, I'll just like do a Jeff Emmerich, yeah, move.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. All right, I'll try to keep oh, an man, eye. Yeah, this that.
0: is great. This is a. Uh, it's a big moment for my artistic self. <laughs> just find a way to to combine two <clears throat> takes.
1: Well, you're a seasoned pro at this now.
0: At the at this point, well, let's get back into this. Mikey Erg by Mikey Erg. Yes. Um, dude, it's just a fucking fun record, and I I know that like the like the return to punk yeah. is kind of a tongue-in-cheek silly thing but it does have that energy of like you know i remember hearing majesty shredding and just being like whoa right or bob mold silver age and just thinking like fuck there i i've seen that spark before that's fucking so exciting
1: yeah yeah it was you know i kind of wrote it as um excuse me as to be like a you know definitely a punk more punky record um but you know listening to it back once we tracked it i was like oh this is this is like more Ergsy than i ever expected it to be mm-hmm. uh, and so that was cool and that wasn't really what i was init or uh, <clears throat> wasn't what I was going for necessarily but uh it definitely it came out that way so it was nice to know that I still had that side because, <laughs> because yeah. while well, well, Bon Voyage is definitely a a punk record, a pop punk record or whatever, but I was consciously like making it sound different than any other sort of pop punk record that I had ever made before.
0: Mm-hmm. But this was
1: definitely like, this ended up being the Ergsy side of what, whatever my Ergsy side of songwriting was that, definitely yeah. pop, popped out during this record which you know that wasn't uh thought about necessarily that that just kind of happened which is cool yeah for
0: real i feel like um that's how the, the it coming out that way is is the best way for it to come out if you right. put yourself into like all right how do i do uh you know, how do I do Pray for Rain again? Yeah, right. It's going to be weird. Or
1: like, that's the other, that's, you know, because part of me was like, oh, this this could have been an Ergs record or something. But I think if I consciously tried to make, tried to write an Ergs record, it wouldn't have come out that way. It would have come out different and weird. Mm-hmm. And it, <clears throat> it may have sounded like the Ergs, but I don't know if that those exact songs would have come out if I was trying to write an Ergs. I was just, I just sat down and yeah. wrote some songs, you know. Without totally. thi- without really thinking about what they were going to be.
0: Dude, your vocals on this record, too, are so, so strong. It's like, they're obviously very good on Waxbill Castles, but hearing them, I think, in this context, just the strength of your voice is so apparent.
1: Yeah, well, thank, thank you. Um, yeah, they were... That was the last thing that was done. We tracked everything, mm-hmm. and then I th- I'm pretty sure I. there was a deadline of, like, 5 o'clock or something. And uh, it was, like, 3.45. I was like, I better get these fucking vocals done. And uh, <laughs> so you can hear uh, Spin the Black Circle is the last song we did. And you can hear my voice. Mm-hmm. My voice is pretty shredded on that on that take which is pretty great but which, that's a
0: fast song yeah so which it is perfect yeah
1: and that's why i saved it for the last i saved it for last purposely because i knew i was going to be screaming it but these songs are a lot of these songs are in my they're written at the top of my range which i think yeah. makes them sound exciting um but yeah they ended up they came out really great i mean that i, I feel a lot of that is uh I w- I did I think I I did like five takes of each vocal or something and then when Stefan mixed them he just comped them mm-hmm. uh, and that's I feel like that's my that's the best way to get a a good vocal take out of me is to just have me do it a few times and then have someone else piece it together later.
0: <laughs> oh, dude, you're losing a little punk cred with that shit. I know. But... It was all
1: it's all Stefan. It's all Stefan. <laughs> got to give credit where credits due. He he may have even re-recorded the yeah. vocals. Who knows? <laughs> it might not even be me. Dude, I, I love that you fucking covered going uh, to L'Aqua. I was like, oh, of
0: course he did.
1: And that was a thing too that came from the that tour where we we got together to rehearse for the tour. The I th- you know it might have even been the day. It was the day we left. We left uh, to meet up with everybody in this tour started in Dayton. So mm-hmm. we met up, we were like, let's just jam for, you know, a couple hours, get these songs down and then we'll go, we'll go on tour. Uh, and you know, I'm checking my plug the guitar and check my tuning, hit that a chord. Whenever you hit that a chord, you got to go the, you know, mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. just, that's just what happens when you're, uh, my age and you've been listening to green day <laughs> your entire life. Uh, and, you know, here we go. And then everybody knows the song. Everybody in the band knows the mm-hmm. song. And then we played it. Mm-hmm. And that was it. <laughs> that's going in the set. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah. And then, oh, uh, so good. Yeah. And then when we got back to, to record the record, I was like, we got to do, we got to cover that. We got to do that song. That's, uh, that's a, <laughs> that's an extra cu- couple minutes that we can put on this record. Um, yeah and i love i love the way the recording of it came out i think it sounds really really cool dude I think, it sounds I, so I think sharp that, that's my favorite vocal take of the entire record
0: that's exactly where i like <laughs> made the note of like dude fucking vocals sound yeah. good um so for the listeners at home this record is out now at, on, on rad girlfriend now uh, it's uh i'm interested why not don geo this time around I and mean, you just did it for science cover so i I'm, yeah i know that you and joe are good. <laughs> no
1: it's all good it's funny it, it just was because this was uh, uh josh from rag girlfriend was on this tour that i keep talking about that's the last mm-hmm. last tour i've ever the last tour i ever did until the next one whenever that ends up being um <laughs> uh and you know, we just were like, oh, let's do something at some point together. Cool, yeah. And then it initially was just going to be, um, it was just going to be like a ten-inch. I wanted, I've always wanted to do a ten-inch. So this was mm-hmm. like, this was going to be like a a mini LP ten-inch or something. Um, mm-hmm. It was just, you know, it, it was just something that was kind of planned as as a as a thing that I'll do at some point. It was not meant to be like. I'm switching labels or anything. Like, there was no, <laughs> no forethought. It was just like, cool, I'll I'll do this record for, for Josh because we talked about it. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so it's it's really nothing more than... It just ended up being a, a few minutes longer than I expected it to be. <laughs> <laughs> and the pressing plant wouldn't press a 10-inch, so it's a 12-inch, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so it just happened to... It happened to accidentally be a new album, even though, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, dude, but yeah, uh, Josh is, Josh is, it's been, it's, it's an, uh, Rad Girlfriend's rad. Like every, every record that he's been putting out lately has just been killer. Um, mm-hmm. and like, he's, he's done a couple, he's done a bunch of cool, he reissued the dope record. Slow death. The slow reissue death reissue. Um, mm-hmm. He reissued the Quincy Punk's record, which is one of my favorite punk records of all time. Incredible old recess. Listen to that. Yeah, like re- yeah. recess records put it out back. Oh, in the, okay. Like the early nineties. It's so fucking good. Um, so he yeah. was reissuing that. I was like, cool. This will be cool to be a part of this. Um, this label with all my buds, you know. Um, so that was cool. It just ended up being a, a cool, fun fun thing to do and uh yeah and then we're there's plans for the next the next Don Giovanni record coming soon
0: hell yeah hopefully by the end of the year you're more than welcome back on here for when that comes out dude thanks for everything
1: yeah I'm stoked I was stoked to uh to get asked to do a part two it's cool you're um you're you're Oh, better yeah. yets have been a major part of my runs in the morning which is actually oh rad that's great um that's awesome yeah actually one of the like, when i was when i was writing when i was getting the idea for this record um your illuminati Hotties interview was something i was listening to and it got me it got me listening to that record cuz i kept hearing about it but i hadn't listened to it yet yeah and just listen to that record and how varied and cool that record is was something I was kind of influenced by when making this one. I was like, oh, I can man. put a pro I can put a Pearl jam cover on and then also put an acoustic song at the end and yeah. And then have the first song kind of sound like who's Doo do. And <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, I was very influenced by the, by how, how short and varied that record was. I really loved it. Dude, that record's fucking
0: great.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. It's perfect. Well,
0: shit, I mean, I had a whole like professional send off, but I think I'm going to leave this in the interview if that's all right with you. All right, so, yeah. Give me fucking goosebumps. Oh my God, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I can't believe he said that. Unbelievable. It's the. Coolest thing that's maybe ever happened. Check out Mikey Erg online, Mikey You can find Mikey Erg's new record, Mikey Erg at Rad Records. Bandcamp.com. Better Yet bud.com. Better Yet Podcast. Pledge of the show on Patreon. Patreon.com. Slash Better Yet Podcast. We'll see you next week. Thank you, friends.